welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Children's Church, we want to open up our Bibles to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 33, the second book in the Bible, the book of Exodus. And we're going to be looking here today, a message that continues on with our theme that we're going through this entire month, which is a focus on prayer, on beginning our beginning with God in our prayer life. And we're going to look at a man named Moses. And Moses was one who the Bible says met with God and he knew God face to face. He had a unique and a very close walk with the Lord. And it's one that we can see principles of what Moses did and what Moses' desire was. And we want to take those principles of what Moses did and apply it into our life. We want to have the same type of desire for the Lord that Moses had. So we ask the question, has it been a long time since you've really uh, done something or maybe uh, uh, you really had a close walk in a relationship with the Lord. And there's one of the things about life is it's amazing how quick time goes by. You just you don't realize that you turn around and next thing you know it's been 12 years. Here's an example yesterday of how 12 years goes by and you don't really realize it how fast. Uh, on Saturday, we try to go grocery shopping like as minimum amount as possible. So like once a month, because if you're not careful, you will find yourself going to grocery store every three days. And that's just not fun. Nobody wants to go to grocery store every other day. It gets old going back. And, I mean, it's just so, and you end up buying way too much stuff when you go three, every third day than when you go, if you can do it once a month. So we go to Costco. And, um, and by the way, the, even the checkout man told me at Costco, there's no Costco in West Virginia. He told me every single person in West Virginia, what they do is they make a day trip about once a month and they travel over here because that's the first one they hit on I-64, right there, 75, and it is packed. The line, no joke, is all the way to the toilet paper section in the back. They'll check out. That's how long the line is there on Saturdays. And he says, it's just West Virginia and Eastern Kentucky comes to this store. So I was there with all the West Virginians yesterday, standing in that long line, and buying our groceries for a month. So we get to the house, and the problem is when you buy two buggies worth of groceries, you do not have a place to put all these groceries. So Sherry's like, Daniel, we need to start cleaning the cabinet out. Why don't you go through and look at the expiration dates on some of this food that's just been in the back of the cabinet, and we just need to chunk it. It's a new year, it's time to clean out the cabinet, see if stuff has expired. So I start going through this. And I was going through our cabinet to create space for more food that's not expired. And I found relish. If you'd come over our house, say, on Friday, and, you, and I served you a hot dog, and you're sitting there, we don't really eat relish a lot. So, or let me say, at all, we don't use relish. And, and you said, Pastor, I'd like some relish on my hot dog. I would then dig way back in that cabinet, all the way, all the way to the back, and I would find that jar of relish. Probably if you forgot I had it, but I would find it there. And I'd pull it out, and you'd pick it up, and you'd look at that expiration date, and go, my goodness, this stuff expired in 2012. 2000, that's the age, that's what your Benjamin Esther were born. I mean, you can look at Benjamin Esther, Benjamin Esther, this relish was expired the year you came into the world. 
And I'm eating 12-year-old relish. Now, that being said, um, <laughs> you, next time you come to church potluck, you're going to make sure when you go through that line, is, did the Osmonds cook this stuff? Because if this came from their kitchen, <laughs> we're going to pass on by with that. That relish was unopened. It wasn't opened relish. It was unopened relish in the back. It's now in the trash can. But you know, that's one of those things that just happens. Stuff gets stuck in the back of the pantry and you don't realize how long it has been back there. That, meant, that means we brought that stuff on a truck from Georgia. That's how old that relish is. It, it wasn't even purchased here in, in Kentucky. That's Georgia relish is where that came from. And what happens in our life is time goes by and we don't realize how long it's been that we've really had a longing, a desire for the Lord. And we're about to see Moses here in our Bibles, how he had a face-to-face, regular, face-to-face encounters with God. The man spoke to the Lord face-to-face. My all-time most ridiculous face-to-face story. Now, this guy claims this. This is what I call a tall tale. I still don't know if I believe this. In Georgia, same place we purchased relish, I had a friend at church who he told me this was a true story. Now, afterwards, you can tell me if you believe this. He was driving down the highway one day, and his car and the windows were rolled down. And in Georgia, there's just deer all over the place. They, they, they hit your car. He's driving down the highway, the back, the windows, all the windows were down the car. A deer jumps on from the side of the road into his back seat through the window. So he's driving, he, this man, this guy was a deacon at our church, and he promised this happened. Now, just because you're a deacon, that does not mean whatsoever this could be true. You're hearing all sorts of stories about deacons means. He says he's driving along, he turns his head, there is a deer face to face. He turns his head, the deer's in his back seat looking at him, jump through the window. He looks at him, he's realizing, oh my, I have a deer in my back seat. He turns his head back because he's driving a car down a highway. Then the deer jumps out of the other window, lands on his feet, and runs away. I said, Lee, that's his name. There is no way in the world that happened. No way. The law of possibilities is so high for that to happen. There is no way. He says, Daniel, I promise. I knew nobody's going to believe And He told this story to everyone. He says, no one's going to believe me, but a deer jumped in my car and then jumped out of the car and landed and ran away. That was his face to face. He said he was this close looking at a deer and it's looking at him and then just jumped out. Now, I would have thought, really, what if you would have rolled up the windows? Like you would have captured a deer in your back car. I mean, once he got in there, you said, oh, look what I've got, a deer in my car. So anyway... You'd think about if you believe that. I just still don't know if that's true. The man told me that is probably the most ridiculous true story I have ever heard. That is truly a face-to-face encounter. And I want to tell you, when we have a face, when you have a face-to-face encounter with the Lord, it's one where you feel, wow, I have felt the presence of God. Before we read this passage, I want to give you background information on what's going on. Moses is about to meet the Lord face to face. In the Garden of Eden, in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, Adam and Eve met with the Lord face to face. 
And then when they were kicked out of the garden, it says they went and hid from the Lord. Ever since then, we've been hiding from God. We don't have a desire. Because of sin, we don't want to meet with the Lord face to face. When we go to heaven, heaven is a restoration of the Garden of Eden. That's what heaven is. It's restoring what life was like before sin entered the world. Then you get in your Bible to Genesis chapter 32. And the first gentleman we see who met the Lord, the Bible says, face to face after, you know, this is post-sin, after Adam and Eve was a man named Jacob. And then one night he wrestled with God. He wrestled with God in Genesis 32. And in verse 30 it says, Jacob was, the, uh, Jacob was someone who wrestled with God and the Lord blessed him. J- Jacob named the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and yet he said, he spent, my life has been spared. That's the first person. God blessed Jacob there. He renamed him Israel as well. And then we get to Moses. Moses also met with the Lord face to face, and we're about to read that. But when Moses passed away, the very end of Deuteronomy, on Deuteronomy 34.10, it says, No prophet has arisen again in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. No prophet. There's no one like Moses. This man knew the Lord. But do you know when we go to heaven, this idea of face to face is coming back. book of 1 Corinthians says, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12 tells us, for now we see only a reflection. That's because of sin. We only see a reflection now, but in, as in a mirror. But then, face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. God fully knows us. When we get to heaven, we will see the Lord face to face. So now we turn in our Bibles here to Exodus 33. And we get to this section. I'm going to tell you all about the tent of meeting. In the chapter prior to this, Moses went up Mount Horeb. This is the mountain of God. This is where they received, Moses received the Ten Commandments. This is the same mountain that Moses had, the Lord appeared to Moses in a burning bush. He goes up to the top of this 5,000 foot mountain. A cloud envelops around the mountain. And he spends 40 days and 40 nights up there talking with the Lord face to face on this mountain. As he's coming down the mountain, the Lord informs him. says, Moses, I'm very angry with the people. I want to prep you for what you're about to walk into. They have taken off their jewelry and they made a golden calf. And now they are worshiping an idol calf. A golden calf. And you're about to walk down this mountain and it's a mess situation. And the Lord wants to destroy the people. He is so angry because... He's giving the, Moses the Ten Commandments. The second commandment is, Thou shalt not make idols. And here they are making an idol and worshiping the idol. So Moses pleads with the Lord, Please do not destroy the people. You love these people. And the Lord actually listened to Moses. The Lord listened to Moses a lot. Moses could plead to the Lord, and the Lord would, obey, would respond to him. So they get down this mountain, and obviously 3,000 people die, they destroy the calf, and they have to they drink it, they threw it in the water, and they drink it, it was just terrible, and they didn't, weren't allowed to put jewelry on. When they were wandering around the wilderness for 40 years, they, did, they didn't wear any jewelry since then. They took all their gold off, couldn't wear it the rest of the time because of what they did. They had to put preventative measures, the Lord put preventative measures, so they couldn't have that temptation of taking off their gold and making a golden calf and start worshiping him. But in Exodus 33, verse 
2. The Lord is frustrated with the people, and He doesn't want to lead them anymore to the promised land. He's, he, doesn't want to get, he says, you know what, I'm going to do something different. In verse 2, 33-2, look at what it says. God says, I will send an angel ahead of you, and will drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Prezites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up with you because you are stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. This is really interesting. God didn't want to go with the people anymore. He was so angry that they made a golden calf. He says, you know what? I just think I'll send an angel. I'll send a representative to go before you because I don't want to deal with this anymore. Look, I'll just send an associate down here. You know, for most of us, we would love to see an angel. It's like, wow, the presence of God. Moses, an angel's second best. He's like, I don't, an angel? We don't want an angel. I don't want some angel that you're going to send. So Moses, what's amazing about this, he's going to now plead with the Lord. That's where the story picks up. Because God just told him, I'm not going to go with you. You're going to get an angel representative to go. And an angel was not good enough for Moses. Moses wanted the Lord. He wanted to see the Lord's presence. And I want to tell you what's amazing about this. This is where we first see what we call the tent of meeting. Listen to this. Which then becomes the tabernacle, which then becomes the temple, which then becomes the church, which we are in right now, the body of Christ, the presence, Holy Spirit's presence with us. This is how worship is about to begin. It's starting right here with the tent of meeting. Worship started with Moses, with his overwhelming desire for the presence of God. When you come into a worship service, you want to put away all the junk and the angels and the clutter and the gold and the calves and whatever distractions are around you. Moses wanted and desired the presence of God, God the Father. So that's where we're going to pick up here in our Bibles. And we're about to be introduced to this tent of meeting. And I'm going to explain it to you all. Now Moses took a tent, I'm in 33-7, Exodus 33-7, and pitched it outside the camp, at a distance from the camp. He called it, he called it the tent of meeting. Anyone who wanted to consult the Lord would go to the tent of meeting that was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would stand, each at his own door of his tent, and they would watch Moses until he entered the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and remain at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. So let me, I want to stop right there. This tent of meeting, this is the precursor all the way to what we're at right now in a worship service. And it was outside the camp. Why did, was it outside the camp? These people inside this camp, the chapter before, just probably a day or two before, had made a golden calf. God did not want to pitch His... He did not want to meet with Moses inside that camp. They were, I mean, these folks were worshiping an idol just hours before. So the tent of meeting was outside the city limits. They had their camp. 
But then over yonder, just outside the camp, was this special tent that what Moses would go in and meet with the Lord. And all the people, when Moses was going to meet with the Lord, they had to stand at the door of their own personal tent and, and watch. And then they would worship from where they were at. They were not allowed to go into the tent of meeting. They were wicked people. Moses met with them in this tent. A cloud. The cloud came down. The same cloud. Where did this cloud come from? It showed up when it was time to cross the Red Sea. Because remember, they're up against the Red Sea. This is the same Red Sea you read about in the news today that has shut down the supply line. Same place that we're shooting missiles into Yemen right now. Same spot. Right there in the Red Sea. God parted that Red Sea. But Moses, before he could part, before the Lord parted the Red Sea, he walked up to the line of the Red Sea, and Pharaoh and all the Egyptians are headed for him. Like, uh oh, the cloud came. It was leading them that way. It moved around and it blocked the Israelites and Moses from the Egyptians. So the Lord could use the winds and part the Red Sea. This is the same cloud that is meeting with Moses right outside. The camp at the tent of meeting. So when the people saw Moses and he's meeting with the Lord, they are to be at their spot and they are to be worshiping, bowing down in reverence. They are not allowed to go into the tent. That's outside the gates. What's interesting about this tent? What happened, or how all this is the beginning of worship of the Lord, of, of organized worship, what we're in right now. Uh, later on in the book of Exodus, what happened? God created an Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant needed a home. And that home was the tabernacle. That was why the tabernacle. And that was in the center of the camp. This is later on after ten of meeting. And then one day, a thousand years after this, David, King David looked outside and thought, why am I in this nice palace and the Lord sits in this Ark, this tabernacle Ark over here and it's just rickety raggedy and here I am at this nice palace I'm going to build the Lord a temple I'm going to build the Lord a home and God said David you can't build a home your hands are too bloody you're a man of blood you've shed too much blood your son Solomon is going to build the temple Solomon then built the temple and the temple was the central place of worship and for offering your sacrifice and also Jesus preached and taught at the temple well, then it was destroyed after Jesus' time. And that's why Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail over it. Meaning, it will never end. The church will never die out. Local churches might die out if they aren't preaching and teaching about Jesus. But the worldwide church will never die out. It can't. God won't allow it. It will just grow. It might, might die out here, but then it will grow over here. If it dies out of there, then it will move over there. That's what missions does in evangelism. The church is always growing. People are always getting saved. People are always turning to the Lord. Because God created us in our most desperate need. We need the Lord. And we cannot fulfill that void in our life until we realize, I need the Lord. I need to be saved. I need to have the desire to meet with God face to face. And that's where the Holy Spirit came with Pentecost and the church started growing and here we are today. But this tent of meeting 
right here in Exodus chapter 3. Folks, this is where it began. Moses is outside the camp meeting with the Lord and this cloud is coming down. Now pick up in your Bibles here. The Lord would speak. Look at this Bible verse. The Lord would speak with Moses face to face just as a man speaks with his friend. Wow. These two met. I mean, it was just like you're talking with your friend. Moses was a friend of God. He went and spoke directly to God. Then Moses would return to camp. His assistant, the young man Joshua, son of Nun, would not leave the inside of the tent. So we know Joshua, who is Moses' assistant, was right there by his side. Why was Joshua there? Remember, Moses always wanted a helper. He had to have air, and he had to have, he always brought someone along with him. Uh, and Moses also was an older man. He's meeting with the Lord, and he's got Joshua right there uh, being learning and being discipled. But remember what, what, what came about this. What came about this was the reason this all occurred is because God was so angry over the golden calf episode that he says, I'm not going to go anymore into the promised land. I'm going to send an angel representative. And he'll go, the angel will take care of everything for me. But Moses, I'm not going. I'm done. I'm done with these people. Moses said to the Lord, Look, you've told me, leave this people up, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name and have found favor with me. Now, if I have indeed found favor with you, please teach me your ways. Moses is asking the Lord, God, teach me your ways. I know you have found favor with me. I know you've chosen me for this special mission and you have provided for me over and over. I just want to know your ways. Moses doesn't understand why God is backing out. Why God is sending a representative for him. Teach me your ways and I will know you so that I may find favor with you. Now consider that this nation is your people. Moses is pleading with the Lord at this tent of meeting. He's begging the Lord, teach me your ways. That's one of the things we do in a worship service. So the tent of meeting was actually Moses going there asking, Lord, teach me your ways. So why? So I will know you. This is the first worship service right here. We see it in the tent of meeting. This is an example for us today. This is one of these examples I was talking about. When we come to church, when you come into this sanctuary, we're saying, God, teach me your ways. Lord, I want to know you. And not only that, the reason is so that I find favor with you. Teach me your ways. Lord, I want to know you. That's that desire. Why, Lord, it will win. I want to find favor. I want to win your favor. And by the way, these are your people. He's reminding them. And God replied. God replies to this a conversation with Moses. And the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Yeah, I bet Moses was tired. Have you ever been tired? Moses is saying, God's saying, You know what, Moses? I, I'll go with you. My presence will be with you. I hear your prayer. But one of the great things about the Lord, Moses didn't ask for rest. Rest. But God knew Moses needed rest. Moses was exhausted. He was tired. He had already been up. Folks, he'd already been on the, 
mountain of God, Mount Horeb, for 40 days and 40 nights. Fasting, by the way. Spending time in the presence of the Lord. He was exhausted. Then he had to deal with the golden calf. And now he has to deal with the tent of meeting because God's, he feels like he's backing out on his deal. God will tell us what we need. And at this time, God recognized Moses needed rest. Moses, you're going to get to rest. I'm going to give you a break. You're going to get some relief. It's coming. I know your greatest need. Just like God knows our greatest need. Moses wanted God's presence. God says, I'll give you my presence. And I'm going to give you rest. Verse 15. Moses says, he's, he's hesitant here. He's worried. If your presence does not go, Moses responded to him, don't make us go up from here. How will it be known that I, your people, have found favor with you unless you go with us? I and your people will be distinguished by this from all the other peoples on the face of the earth. Moses is wanting to know, I want to know a sign, Lord. I want to know confirmation that if we go, because God is asking him, at this point, they're in what they call the Sinai Peninsula. Guys, this is right in the area of when we turn on the news all throughout our week. Literally, where this mountain is and where all this fighting and lawlessness and terrorism is going on. This is where it's occurring. And they're just traveling. They're supposed to go travel straight up and they're about to go fight a war going into the Promised Land. Now they get detoured. But God's telling Moses, you're going to go up into Israel and I'm going to go before you. And you're going to fight these people and you're going to win. But Moses is having doubts because he knows if the Lord does not go, we have zero chance. We're all going to get wiped out and we're going to die. Verse 17, The Lord answered Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked. For you have found favor of me and I know you by name. God knew Moses' name. Does God know you by name? Does the Lord, can you speak, can the Lord, do you and the Lord talk this way? Because this is how Moses is speaking in the tent of meeting with the Lord. Verse 18, then Moses said, now look at this desire. Look at how much Moses wanted from God. Verse 18 says, then Moses said, please let me see your glory. He's saying, God, I want to see you. I'm seeing this cloud. I'm seeing the, the, you speaking to me. But I want to see you, Lord. God said, verse 19, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim the name the Lord before you. That is, this is the definition of God we're seeing right here. Who is the Lord? He is goodness. Meaning good things come from the Lord, and His name is the Lord. That's Yahweh. That's the word Yahweh in the Old Testament that's being used there. My name is Yahweh, I am the Lord, and I am good. And I, the Lord, who am good, is going to pass in front of you. So we're going to see what's going to happen here. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he added, the Lord said, you cannot see my face, for humans cannot see me and live. We cannot see the face of God and live, we die. So when it's, the Bible says, 
Moses met with the Lord face to face. When Jacob wrestled with God, and he says, I've seen the Lord's face, he, they could not have seen God's real face because they would die. So we don't exactly know what Moses saw. He saw a part of God, but he could not see God's face. It was close enough for him to be able to call it face to face. Only a few people have seen the face of God like this. And it goes on to say, The Lord said, Here is a place near me. You are to stand on the rock. And by the way, don't miss this. Do you remember when Peter was told by Jesus, And on this rock I will build my church. What's happening here? You're seeing, this is the development of our worship right now. God is saying, you know what, Moses, I'm going to appear to you. You can't see my face, but I'm going to pass by. My presence is going to go in front of you. And there's a rock over here. And I'm going to put you on this rock in this crevice right here. And Jesus looked at Peter and says, Peter, on this rock, you see if foundations, the foundation of worship is built upon the Lord. And we're seeing that right here. The Lord says, here's this place near me. You are to stand on the rock, a crevice of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. So God is actually going to cover. This is, when we come into the presence of God, we are on the rock. The rock is we come and worship on the Word of God, which is Jesus Christ. That's what the word rock means. Peter is being, the church is built on the rock, which is the Word of God, Jesus Christ. We are saved by that. And not only that, it says here that he is going, his, um, he's going to be covered. That means the presence of the Lord. We come into a sanctuary here. We are standing on the rock of Jesus. We are covered by the Holy Spirit's presence is with us. When Pentecost occurred, it says all of a sudden this wind came in and it was tongues of fire were all around. It just covered that upper room. The presence of the Lord was there. This is what worship is like. We're seeing it here at the beginning of the tent of meeting. God is in the tent of meeting with Moses, teaching him about how we actually worship today. The presence of the Lord is occurring. And he says, I'm going to pass by. You're going to be on a rock, and I'm going to pass by, but I've got to cover you because you can't see me or you're going to die, Moses. Then I will take my hand away, and you will see my back, but my face will not be seen. Moses saw the back of God. That's all he could see. And he lived. And the next chapter talks about this. And we won't skip down there, but if you read Exodus 34, verses 5 and 6, that verse, those verses are quoted over and over and over again throughout the rest of the Bible. Because that is the presence of the Lord passing by Moses, and Moses saw his back. And that is what we experience when we come into the presence of God. So this morning, we ask the question, do we have this same type of desire to see the Lord? When Moses said, Lord, I want to see your glory. I, I, I want to see more of you. I want your assurance that you're going to go before me. So when you're facing a challenge in your life, 
when, you're, when you've got mountains in front of you, when there's just difficulty all around, says, Lord, how do I know I'm going to make it? How can I trust you? How do I know it's going to be you? Lord looked at Moses and said, Moses, I am going to set you on the rock and I'm going to cover you and I'm going to pass by. You're going to know me by my name and my name is the Lord. And not only that, my goodness is going to pass by. That means the Lord is good. That is an attribute of God. How do we know the Lord? We know His name. His name's the Lord. We worship Him through Jesus today. And we know Him because the Lord is good to us. The Lord is not bad. The Lord was merciful. He should have killed all of these people for making the golden calf. 3,000 died. They all should have died. But because of Moses' prayer life and Moses' pleading with the Lord, the, the Lord held back. Because He's good. And I ask you this morning, what about you? Have you lost this same desire that Moses had? Maybe at some point in your life. Maybe it was in 2012, 12 years ago, where you were just passionate. But what just things came about and you got busy and next thing you know, it, things expire and you, didn't, you had forgotten that was there and you, things you got out of the routine. You got out of that discipline of knowing God. This message reminds us that the tent of meeting, church, meeting with God, it was all about Moses' desire to see the Lord face to face. And for us, meeting the Lord face to face, Moses went and pleaded. He confessed the people's sins. He then actually took action on the sin. They took all their gold in their camp and they got rid of it. They couldn't, do you know, these people walked around without gold on their wrist. They had to take off. If you look at, at verse 33, verse 6, this is, why, this, is what, this is what repentance is right here. They, didn't want, they shouldn't wear gold because they would have the temptation to take off their gold and make an idol. In verse 33, 6 it says, So the Israelites remained stripped of their jewelry from Mount Horeb, that's the mountain of God, Onward. They didn't wear any more jewelry. That was their repentance. They showed to the Lord, says, you know what? Because we fell into the trap of making a golden calf, we don't need to have big gold necklaces and big gold looking like wrappers, big gold jewelry on. We're going to take all this off and get rid of it so that temptation doesn't occur. And what temptation may be in your life or you just find yourself falling over and over again, you need to get rid of it. Say, it's not going to be in the house anymore. There won't be that opportunity, won't be there to go to that channel or that, or that app or that account or that person. It's gone. The Israelites did that with their gold. Their, their struggle was making idols. Now, we might not have that struggle. And wearing gold bracelet, obviously, probably for us, we're not wake up and say, I'm going to make an idol out of it. But there will be something in our life because sin never changes that will cause us to replace the worship of the Lord, which Moses desired, the presence of God, face to face, with something else. And this morning, you need to say, God, what in my life do I need to remove, that I need to repent of, that I need to change, that's preventing me from having the same longing, desire that Moses had? I want to pray for us right now. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, I pray for the folks here. Lord, I pray that we have this same passion 
that Moses had. Lord, he did not want an angel. He didn't want any second, the second best. He wanted you. He wanted assurance that you were going to be with him. If they're going to go fight this massive war, he wants to know, Lord, are you going to go before me? And Lord, many of us here are facing great challenges in our life, and we want your assurance. And God, I pray that this is our time, that we, in our pew, we're in, our, in our prayer, that we make a commitment that we're going to start desiring our tent of meeting, desiring Your presence, desiring face-to-face. Lord, face-to-face is a close relationship. It's not a distant relationship. And Lord, I pray every one of us will have a face-to-face relationship with You. Lord, this invitation is our time to respond. And Lord, Moses responded, the people responded, and God, You even responded to Moses in this story. And Lord, our response is to You. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to have our invitation. David Dale's going to lead us in our song. Let's all stand together. If you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, you have a, a commitment to make to the Lord. This is your time to respond to Jesus. We're going to stand and sing hymn number 424, I Must Tell Jesus.